this is a special episode of Red Podcast. I'm talking about Prince and the business and marketing lessons that you can learn from him. That's coming up. This is the Red Podcast, the marketing podcast for influencers. Rise above the noise. Expand your audience. Deliver impact. Here's your host, David Hooper. Legendary musician Prince died this week. That's probably not news to you if you've turned on a television, radio, been talking to people. It's all over social media. And depending on how long you've listened to Red Podcast, how much you know about me and my background, you may know that I've spent over 20 years in the music industry doing marketing. I never worked with Prince directly, but I've got several friends who did. I'm going to share some Prince stories with you that I've heard firsthand, some things that you may know, some things that you may not know. I know some of these guys pretty well. In fact, one of the people, Des Dickerson, he played guitar with Prince. If you've seen the 1999 video, he's the guy with the Japanese headband. Des was the first guest that I brought in for my radio show called Music Business Radio. He's a cool guy. I knew he'd have a lot of stories, an easy interview. He's well-spoken. He spoke at one of my seminars probably 15 years ago. We've known each other for a while. Super cool guy, super cool stories. So along the way, I've met a lot of people from Warner Brothers Records. I've got a buddy of mine who engineered for him, actually two. I'm going to tell you some stories, some insider stuff that you may or may not know about Prince, specifically things that I feel are important about him that will help you and your business. This is the Red Podcast, the podcast for influencers. If you're a blogger, you're a podcaster, speaker, marketer, nonfiction author, or entrepreneur, this is the podcast for you. Here's what I talk about. Book publishing, speaking, podcasting, and other marketing elements of your business that you must master to make a name for yourself. The focus is how to take your work, spread it, make money with it, and there was nobody who did that better than Prince. I've got seven lessons, things that you can learn from Prince and from his career. Start out with number one, always be creating. Prince, 39 studio albums, 39 that were released, that is. He's got an unreleased vault, over 2,000 songs, fully produced and recorded songs, not just songs that he's written, over 50 fully produced videos. That is how prolific he was. And when I say 39 studio albums, that doesn't account live albums, remix albums, the production work that he did for other artists, the musician work that he did for other artists. You probably heard Like a Prayer by Madonna. Prince played on that track. He played guitar on that track. He played all the instruments on many of his albums. It wasn't just like he was the artist singing. He took all the credit. You heard his work, but didn't always know that he had done that. And that's something that I want to tack on to this lesson. Number one, always be creating, is that he did the work. He did the work. Second big lesson, Prince had a studio that was manned 24-7. Engineer, whoever he needed to get something on tape when he was ready to work. He did the work. I've got a couple of guys who worked with him in that capacity. One of my buddies, Terry Christian, he's working in the studio with Prince as one of his engineers. In case you don't know how music is recorded, it's not usually a band these days in one single room playing a performance. It's usually recorded piece by piece, track by track. And that's what I mentioned earlier when I said that Prince had recorded and played all the instruments on his album. So what he would do is he would come in, he would maybe lay down the drums, lay down the bass, and start putting together a full song. And he's working with my friend Terry. He said, Terry, what track are we on? How many tracks have we used? 
18 tracks, 18 layers of this song. And Prince told him, erase everything after 16. At that point, he knew that it was overproduced. The second big lesson, less is more. We can keep adding and adding and adding to our business, the way we help clients, to our speeches, to our books. My last book manuscript, 137,500 words. It's too long. Nobody's going to read that. Less is more. I'm having to cut that into a couple of different books to make it consumable. And this philosophy is not just in your business. Sometimes it's in your life as well. We need simplicity in our lives. I used to drive a convertible. Less is more, right? I just want a simple car, something that people can't break into after a couple of times of that, just somebody slicing the top and taking all the stuff out of it. Don't want to go into that. I don't want the hassle going in to get it repaired. I don't want the hassle of it leaking. Sometimes less is more. Going simple is the best. And to bring it back to business and what you're doing, producing content, your blog, your book, your podcast, your music, perhaps. It's that simple message that connects you to other people. Adding more things on top of that just gets you further away from the people that are listening to you. Prince knew that. Less is more. Everything after track 16, just erase it. Third big lesson, this is from another friend of mine that worked with Prince, a guy named David Z, also a recording engineer. David Z was the guy who recorded Purple Rain. In fact, this is a story about Purple Rain. If you listened to the Purple Rain soundtrack, the three songs on there, I Would Die For You, Baby I'm a Star, and Purple Rain. That was done on a mobile truck that David took to a nightclub in Minneapolis. It was played live in the club. And that is the music that you've heard on the radio. That's the music that's on the soundtrack. It sounds so good. It's studio quality. And they did touch it up a little bit. But doing it live, being able to do it live, that's a big lesson. There are a lot of guys that are great when it comes to writing. They can write something on a blog. They can edit it. And they can polish it up just right so it's consumable. There are a lot of guys that can do books like that. There are a lot of guys that can do podcasts like that. When you've got the editing tools and you can cut out all the parts that you don't like, pretty easy to look polished. But can you do it live? Can you do it in front of a live audience? I was at an event last night. saw an author who was coming through town. Cool guy. But during the Q&A session, what's he going to do then? If he's written books, done blog posts, done podcasts, and done other things where he was able to edit everything before it goes out. When you're at a live event, people are asking questions. Where you're on the street, people are coming up to you. You've got to be able to do what you do live and do it well. That is how you get respect. And anybody who's ever seen Prince live, if you haven't seen Prince live, you need to go on YouTube and search for Prince live. Watch some of these videos. And granted, they're edited for the most part. Some of them you might see are mobile phone videos directly from a live performance, but watch the connection that this guy has with his audience. When you can do it live, do your performance live, do your art, your work, whatever it is that you do live, you connect with an audience in a way that your what I call memorex, your taped content will not connect with them. That's business lesson number three from Prince, be able to do it live. Lesson number four that's related is do it now. While you're looking up those performances, look up the Super Bowl halftime performance, 2007. The Super Bowl happens 
when it happens. The halftime of the Super Bowl happens when it happens. And 2007, this particular halftime, pouring down rain. Now, the game is happening. It's a huge televised event. More people are watching the Super Bowl than just about any other event on television. You can't stop it. You can't wait for perfect weather. Do it now. Your business is the same way. Your business is the same way. You can't wait for the perfect time to launch a book, to launch a podcast, to put something out into the world. So many times that we plan something, plan and wait, and plan and wait, waiting for the perfect time to launch. There is no perfect time. Here's what happens when you do something like Prince did in 2007, pouring down rain, the performance becomes legendary. When you see it, it's fantastic. It's better than it would have been if the weather were perfect. Think about the other halftime performances that you've seen. This performance became legendary because he was able to pull it off in inclement weather. Same thing for you. Don't wait. Do it now. Lesson number four. Number five, image and branding. Prince was a master of this. I mentioned the engineer that I know that recorded Purple Rain for him, David Z. And David Z's real name, it's David Rivkin. A few years before Purple Rain, there's a song that came out that you've heard of. David Rivkin did it called Funky Town. The band was called Lips, Inc. His name was David Rivkin back then. Started working with Prince, and Prince was using a drummer named Bobby Z. That's David Rivkin's brother. Prince, being the branding guy that he was, told David Rivkin, your name is now David Z. Done. Branding and image was a big part of Prince's success. The people that he surrounded himself with. Think about the symbol that he used. Nobody knew what it was. I'm going to talk about that here in a minute because that's another big lesson. But branding and image, when you look at Prince, even if you cut off his head, couldn't see who he was, just the clothes let you know that it's Prince. Just the shoes let you know that it's Prince. The guitar lets you know that it's Prince. The colors let you know that it's Prince. We should all be branding like this. That's lesson number five, image and branding. And number six, own your stuff. This is something that you may or may not remember. You may or may not know the details of. It's a little bit insider. This is owning your stuff. Prince had a deal with Warner Brothers Records, wasn't satisfied with it for a couple of reasons. One of them was that the Warner Brothers deal was keeping him from releasing music. As I mentioned, he's got 39 studio albums. He's got 2,000 produced tracks ready to go. Warner Brothers would only release so much music. Maybe every six months, maybe every year. They just didn't have the promotion power to put this music out. And Prince was frustrated by that. So what he did is he started his own label, got out of the Warner Brothers deal somehow, started his own label. When he did this, he owned everything. Warner Brothers didn't take a piece of it. He started doing direct response advertising, foregoing traditional distribution and letting people order directly from him. He owned his content, owned the recordings, he owned the record label. He put out other artists. Kevin Campbell, if you remember him, that was a Prince artist. Eventually, he got to where he owned everything. And you should be doing the same thing. A lot of people are very quick to sell their stuff 
give a portion of their stuff to other companies. Book authors do this all the time. When they're doing publishing deals, podcasters can do it. CBS, they approached us about being part of their CBS distribution network. They wanted ownership. They wanted to control distribution. The exact same thing that Prince was going against. I agree with him on this. Thanks to the internet, if you've got the marketing juice, you can sell just as many books. You can have just as many people download your podcast. Again, if you've got the marketing juice, thanks to the internet, you don't need the distribution that they used to have through radio towers, bookstores, trucks, warehouses, printing presses. That doesn't matter anymore. So own your stuff, distribute your own stuff. That's lesson number six. Here's a big one. And I think Prince did this one amazingly well, probably better than any current or contemporary musician that I can think of. And that is the mystery, selling the mystery. He had it. He did limited interviews. And there's some rumors about why he did limited interviews. Apparently earlier in his career, he had given interviews and felt that they weren't explaining his side of the story very well, or they were misquoting him, or they weren't selling him like he wanted to be sold. So he stopped doing interviews. But what happened because of that is a mystery surrounded him. When he did do interviews, there were no recordings of his voice. He didn't even let reporters use notes. You just got what you got. Sometimes he would talk in riddles, let you kind of fill in the blanks. The mystery. This is just the opposite of what a lot of content creators are doing today. They've got to Instagram everything, Snapchat everything, Facebook everything, tweet everything. Everything, even the personal moments of their life. There's no mystery. And it doesn't respect the content that you're creating. It doesn't respect your family. It doesn't respect you because you always have to be on. Remember when Prince, this is one of the contractual things. He couldn't go by the name of Prince, so he changed his name to a symbol. Didn't tell people how to pronounce the symbol. Well, that's the mystery. People said it means this. Other people said it means that. That's the mystery. It gets people talking. People have to fill in the blanks. And sometimes what people come up with is a whole lot more interesting than what you could think of. Certainly it's the case when the internet gets hold of it. Now, there are a lot of rumors surrounding Prince's death. People are filling in the blanks. Nobody really knows. Now, I've worked with a lot of musicians over the years, a lot of well-known celebrity clients. And one of the things that I've found out, this is big lesson number eight, the inside is very different than the outside. Behind the scenes is always a different story. One of the things that we're seeing a lot of rumors about when it comes to Prince is how he died. There's some talk that a few days before he died, there was an emergency landing. He had an opiate overdose. They had to give him an anti-opiate medication. So I guess it jumpstarted him. I don't quite understand how that works. Get him back on his feet, but he didn't get the hospitalization that he needed. Maybe something happened again. Here's what I do know. This is serious stuff. Opiate addiction, extremely serious. Just this week, I was actually in the emergency room taking a friend of mine to the emergency room for issues because of opiates. I've had friends that are addicted to Vicodin, Percocet, Dilaudid. The list goes on and on. And I can tell you that eventually this stuff catches up with you. You can't outrun it. I understand why people do it. We lead very stressful lives, especially people who are in the public eye 
where you've got folks that are coming to you with, let's say, negative energy. Haters, maybe you want to call them that. Critics, you get bad reviews on Amazon. You've got people harassing you via Twitter. You've got people harassing you in other ways. It's a very tough business to put your work out there, whether you're a musician, a book author, a podcaster. You're exposing yourself and you're opening yourself up to this. And sometimes there's just a lot of pressure for you to be successful and keep up this image and keep up this workload. And if you're like Prince, having to make payroll, a lot of pressure. There's a saying, never trust a man who's never had to make payroll. Extremely stressful. And sometimes we don't always handle that pressure in a healthy way. I think this is the biggest lesson that we can learn here. Whether it's true, whether it's not, I don't want to start any rumors, but people are talking about it. So let's just say for a minute that it is true. Take it back to lesson number two. Less is more. Simplify. Simplify. Lives get complicated. Work gets complicated. Situations get complicated. It does not have to be like that. And if you're feeling like things are getting out of control, there are good ways to handle that. Help is available if you need it. Remember, I was in the music industry. I've seen dozens of friends get caught up in this. And fortunately, I've seen almost just as many get the help that they need and things do turn around. If you need help, it is available to you. So I would encourage you to check that out, ask for it. Just think about it because like Prince, you've got a gift and we need that gift. The world needs that gift that you've got and you can't help anybody if you're dead. So if you need help, I encourage you to get that. Thank you so much for listening. Next episode, back to the regular rep podcast, I will be talking about VIP parties. I will be talking about trade shows. I will be talking about networking events. I'll be talking about how to make the most of these events. If you're interested in that and other Red Podcast episodes, redpodcast.com is how to subscribe. You can subscribe with one click via iTunes, Google Play. If you've got an Android device, iPhone device, you're getting your podcast some other way. One click. I've got it set up at redpodcast.com. If you've got questions or comments, Reach out to me at David Hooper on Twitter is the best and fastest way to do that. Thank you so much for listening to Red Podcast. It means a lot to me. I'll see you on the next episode of Red Podcast. You've been listening to Red Podcast, the marketing podcast for influencers. Never miss an episode. Subscribe now with your iPhone, Android, or via RSS at redpodcast.com. David here. I just finished editing the podcast. I plugged in a mic, so forgive the low audio quality on this because I wanted to share one more thing that Prince did. I think this is one of the coolest things that he did. It was very progressive. It was also very aggressive, and it was a packaging deal that I think that you could learn from. 2004, he had an album. It was called Musicology. It's a great album. Definitely check it out if you're a Prince fan, even if you're not, if you're into kind of the funk, soul, psychedelic rock kind of genre. But he had an album. This is a guy who'd been in business for, let's say, 30 years minimum. And like everybody who's lasted that long in the business, you have ups and you have downs. Sometimes you're at the top of the charts. Sometimes you're not. He hadn't really sold a whole lot of records you know, for Prince lately, a whole lot for you and me maybe. And he wanted something that was going to be a little bit more aggressive to get an album to the top of the charts. So what he did, he was always a big tour draw. And when he went on tour... He had a deal. You bought a ticket. You get a free copy of the album. And the way we track sales 
in the music industry. It's something called SoundScan, and every time a ticket was sold, they would SoundScan an album. So this album went platinum. He was selling tons of albums. He went to the top of the Billboard charts. I think it was a top five, but it agitated a lot of people. They didn't think that he was playing fair. It got a lot of publicity for the album, but again, people didn't think that he was playing fair because he was a big tour draw, and he was using this to sell albums. So what they actually did after this happened, he's at the top of the Billboard charts. Billboard and SoundScan changed the rules. So if you ever have the option of getting a CD with a ticket price, it's not counting toward a sale. Or if you're doing a sale and they want it to count, the artist, the label, they want it to count. They have to give you the option if either paying extra for the album or giving you a reduced ticket price. You cannot package things in. But I bring this up because packaging things can be great for your business. It's a great way to move extra products. I've seen it done with books. I've seen it done with seminars. Learn from it. Thanks for listening. See you on the next episode of Red Podcast.